0: Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. Sometimes our faith and our walks with God can become an inconvenience. Wait, what? Wait, did, did I just hear you say that? For, no, 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 listen, listen. Sometimes, if we're being honest, our faith and our walks with God, they can place us in what we call inconvenient situations. Sometimes in our lives, we will be confronted with a problem, and the problem wants us to compromise our walks with Jesus. That's usually the case. Especially... When the world is desperately trying to squeeze you into its mold. That's what Paul says in the book of Romans. Do not be conformed to the world. The word conforms means don't let it squeeze you. I don't know if you understand, but it's constantly wanting to do that. It wants to squeeze you into its way of thinking. And when we live in a world, guys, that's constantly desperately trying to squeeze you, you got to think about it. You see, the world keeps saying, it's all right. Everybody's doing it. It's good. Hey, join the bandwagon. It'll be okay. The world seems attractive and pretty and sparkly to the point where you see, at that point, we have to make a determination in our walks. Are we going to compromise our walk, or are we going to stand strong? And so when the world begins to squeeze, we tend to compromise our faith because it seems like that's what we have to do to get ahead in the world. Oh, I'll just fudge a little here. I'll Listen, when we gave our lives to the Lord, can I get an Amen. When you surrendered, when you prayed, whatever you did, how, whenever you were born again, listen, you purposed to follow him. That's what you did. You said, I'm done with the world. I'm done with the world's way of thinking. I'm going to follow, I purpose to follow him. The problem is, in this world, our faith sometimes puts us in stressful situations. Would you agree? You're like, amen. Our faith and our walk can often put us at odds even with those around us. It can put us at faith and odds with those in our job. Wait a minute, what? Or it can put us at faith and odds with family members. And sometimes you'll be even called radical. Wait, you're going to church on a Wednesday? Who goes to church on a Wednesday night? Are you crazy? Amen. Our faith in a strong walk with God at times will put us at odds with those around us. You go, well, like what, Ben? Well, like when your boss comes to you and asks you to lie just a little bit, to fudge on that expense report to make it look better. See, in thinking about our study tonight, in thinking about Daniel and what he's about to face, I began thinking about Jesus and how Jesus began to pray for us. And I found how he was praying for us in John chapter 17, Verses through 17. Now I'm going to read from the New Living Translation, but listen to the way Jesus says this. He says, I have given them, speaking of us, into, I've given them your word. And the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Can I get an amen? Amen. Do you realize that the world hates you? The world hates you. Its systems, the way it thinks, the culture. The politics, all of that hates believers. This is what Jesus told us. But Jesus said, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. I want you for just a moment to think about salvation. You see, if salvation was the end all, this is the thing, boom, you're saved, I think we would have died the moment we got saved. Well, I'm going to save Melanie, and so Melanie gets saved. Okay, that's all I need to do. She's saved, and and that's how it would be, but that's not salvation. Salvation is, okay, I'm going to save Melanie. Now I've got a plan for her. I've got a plan for all of us, and now you're going to walk in that plan. But while you're walking in the plan... Guys, biblically, we need to know that, again, he's not going to take us out from the world. He says, but I, I, I want you to keep them safe. They don't belong to the world, but we've got to live in the world. Jesus is praying that we would not be overtaken by the world's influences. That's what he's doing. And I can find comfort knowing that Jesus is praying for you and for me. Not to be. Have you ever felt, again, overtaken by the influences of the world? You see, they seem to come very sequentially. One right after the other. One right after the other. One right after the other. Until you go, that's it. But see, this is not the first time that Jesus alluded to this important subject. Jesus was actually speaking about the uselessness of a candle that was hidden. Do you remember that? What's the point of lighting a candle and then hiding it? He also talks about a salt that has become so diluted that it actually loses its saltiness. Can you imagine those of you who like salt? What are you doing? But I can't taste anything. No, but it's not COVID, right? It's, there's no salt. You'd be wasting your time, right? You have this big pile of white stuff and it doesn't taste like, well, that's what he said. He said. Now, here's why. God, our Father, knew that there would be a draw for people to conform to this world instead of following him. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Therefore, he knew and so he gave us his word but he also gives us godly examples to remind us to stand strong in the midst of worldliness. Think about your world for just a moment. Think about your world for just a moment. God says, listen, there's going to be a tendency, there's going to be a slant. You're going to want to give in. You're going to you're going to want to be one of the guys. You're going to be one of one of the girls. You're going to you're going to want to laugh at the jokes. You're going to want to feel like you're a part but instead I I want you to follow my word. Yes, Lord, but it's going to be hard. Let me do this, he says. Let me give you my word, and then let me give you some godly examples just to remind you, just to remind you. If you're taking notes this evening, I'm calling this message A Non-Negotiable Walk with Jesus. A non-negotiable walk with Jesus. And you go, why would you call it that? Well, tonight, we'll, we'll discover that Daniel and his friends will be confronted with a huge problem of compromise. This in the word of God. Now, here's what I want you to do. For the sake of our study, I looked up the word compromise. Compromise. Okay. And Webster's defines compromise like this. It's the acceptance of standards that are lower than is desirable. So it's an acceptance of standards. This is how Webster defines it. It's an acceptance of standards that are lower than what is desirable. That's compromise. And when I think of Daniel, guys, I think Daniel was a Hebrew, not a heathen. And as our study progresses, Daniel's going to face one of the hardest choices in the land of Babylon. Now, remember, we're going to we're going to well, let me just jump on because I want you to remember this. Daniel was taken, him and his buddies and several others. I mean, most of most of The young men and a lot of people from Jerusalem, they were taken, but the focus is on Daniel, and and here's what they wanted to do. They wanted to teach Daniel at the University of Babylon for three years. Okay, and I'm not talking they went to school for a few hours a day. They actually lived, breathed everything it was in Babylonian, in in, in Babylon. And so what you need to understand is first and foremost, and I'm going to say this again because I really want this to soak in, is that we see Daniel living in a new land, a new country, 900 miles away from Jerusalem. 900 miles away. I often feel like Babylon is the world, and I want to go home. I want to go home. I was driving home yesterday from church, and I was talking to my brother. My brother listens to the podcast, and and i was telling him how close we are to the return of jesus and i said you know i said you know larry i i'm homesick and he goes you know what i am he goes i'm here sick and i said man he's listening he's grabbing it he understands and that blesses my heart but we too feel like daniel we're a long way from home you see even the best in this world god has just demonstrated beautiful sunrises, beautiful sunsets. He's demonstrated things that you and I go, wow, that's amazing. We've seen things, and it's not even anywhere close to where we're going to spend eternity. The best in this world is Neil compared to where we're going to go home. Where we're going to go home. You see, sometimes church, if we're being honest and little bit vulnerable, we often think of death as the end, but quite honestly, I don't think that a loved one who knows Christ would ever want to come back to this earth. As much as they loved us, once they see that, I don't think you have someone in heaven going, I want to go back. I really, they understand how beautiful it is and how wonderful it is. And we're the ones who suffer because we miss them because we miss him. But you know what? God loves us so much, he goes, I know you're going to miss him, but guess what? You're going to see him again if you'll just be patient. If you'll just be patient. And so again, think about this. They were 900 miles away. They were given new names. They were given Babylonian names. They're trying to change them. They were introduced to new customs, new ideas, A new lifestyle and a new way of thinking. You see, if I can change your thinking, then your heart will soon follow. Because it really is true, we become how we think. Why is it important to know our identity in Christ and who we are? Because that's who we'll become. They were taught a new language. Don't speak Hebrew anymore. That's out with the old. And that's what the world wants to do. The world wants to teach us a new language. The language of compromise. The language of doubt. The language of disappointment. A language of no hope. A language of, oh, woe is me. That's what the world wants to do. Well, tonight, let me just say this. Jot this down. The problem is not a new land or new names. The problem that can be easily compromised is the problem that that can easily compromise these good Jewish boys walk with God was not... A land, a name, a, it was food. It was the food that they are supposed to eat. What do you mean? Well, let's read 1 through 7, and then we'll jump in and pick it up in verse 8. Now, why do you want to read 1 through 7? I just want you to kind of see exactly um, where we're going. On the third year, at the rain. Of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim of Judah into his hand and some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar. Remember, that's Babylon, another name for Babylon, to the house of his God. And he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. Then the king instructed Ashpenzaz. Do you remember what his name means? His, main, his name means long face, the horse long, horse, long face. So uh, you ever think of Ashpenzaz, you can just kind of think he's got, a, he's got a really long face. And he's the master of the eunuchs. And what did he do? He instructed them to do what? The master of the eunuchs to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge, and a quick to understand who had the ability to serve at the king's palace, and whom they might teach the language and the literature of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies, and of the wine which they drank three years of training for them, so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. Now among them, Of those are the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To them, the chief eunuchs gave them names. To Daniel, his name is Belteshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach. To Mishael, Meshach. And to Azariah, Abednego. Now, verse 8, picking up our study. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Your attention, please. Now we have to do some work. What do you mean? I first want you to look at your Bibles, and I want you to underline or highlight or whatever you do, or maybe you write notes, but I want you to look at that word purposed. Purposed. Okay? Because I want you to write next to it, very important. The Hebrew word actually means laid upon his heart. Laid upon his heart. Now, when I look at this, we have a couple of great takeaways uh, for us in this verse. Some good application. How so? Number one, I want you to note that Daniel, come on somebody, had already purposed in his heart even before he ended up in a critical junction. He had already purposed in his heart. You see, Daniel wasn't going, oh, I know something's coming on the horizon. I see a problem with my boss at work. I probably need to be more of a Christian. That's not Daniel. That's more of the world's thinking. Daniel had already purposed. You see, you and I, Let's call them non-negotiables. Non-negotiables. He had purposed, laid upon his heart. Why? Non-negotiables are more than just a set of religious beliefs for us as believers. We don't just go, well, that's how I believe. That's my religion. Listen, here's what a non-negotiable is. It is a commitment to risk everything we have, we are, for the faith that we hold. That's a good place for an amen. You understand? what? It, again, I want to I say, this is a non-negotiable. Hey, what's a non-negotiable life? I'm willing to risk everything I am, everything that, that I know, everything for the faith that I hold. Now, your attention please for just a moment. We have to know the difference between religion and a relationship. If you're going to have non-negotiables, you better have a relationship with God. You cannot be on the religious side. Let me tell you what religion is, the way the world thinks, and the way people think. Religion is us simply, man, reaching up to God. God, help me. God, please. God, I'll do this. A religion is when you get in trouble, you want to hide everything you get in trouble and say, oh, I hope Dad doesn't find out, because then I'll be in big trouble. That's religion. Relationship is not man reaching up to God, but God reaching down to man. That's a relationship. A relationship is, oh, I've messed up, I better tell Dad. Because I know the love he has for me. It's not me trying to hide it. It's me going, Dad, I've messed up. You see... If you're walking in religion, if you're walking in religion and religious routine, going to church, doing what you think is right, trying to please God, here's here's this God, he's going to be mad at me if I don't just try to be good, that's religion, then you won't have a non-negotiable. This doesn't hold any water. But if your non-negotiable is faith-based in a relationship, and you go, no, no, no! This relationship means so much to me. I'm not going to compromise that. I'm not going to compromise. I'm not hiding anything from Dad. I'm not hiding anything from Dad. So, what is the non-negotiable again? Church, listen. It's more. It's more. It's more than a set of religious beliefs for us as believers. It's a commitment to risk everything we have and we are for the faith that we hold now listen it's great on a Wednesday night to go amen pastor yes I'm willing to risk everything for the faith that I hold until you get in hot water and your faith is going to compromise your faith is going to cost you your job Whoa, whoa! 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 whoa, hey, Wait a minute! No! 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 You see, and again, think about this. You go, well, Ben, that my job's pretty cool. They don't, they don't care if I'm a Christian or not. Most of the people claim to be Christians. They don't. No, but here's the thing. We are headed, we are headed into a place where being a Christian is going to be taboo. We're headed to a place where, where if you are a believer you are definitely going to be ostracized, ridiculed, and even persecuted. Amen. We're, don't, don't you think we're headed that way? Yes. We are. Yes. Now, I don't believe, you know where we stand. I don't believe we're going to see the Great Tribulation. But I do believe that, that again, to strengthen our walk and our resolve, We're going to have to go through some things. We're going to have to. We're going to be challenged. And you go, well, Nebuchadnezzar is like the government. I'm not going to do what the government says. I mean, he's, you know, think about this. No, 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 no. It's not going to be the government per se, but it's going to be the peers and the friends and the family around you. Did you not see that in 2020? Did you not see how we got quickly divided? Keep that in mind. That was free. I'm not even going to charge you for that one. So how do we have a non-negotiable? Well, let me give them to you this by way of recap. Guys, we need to seek God, not sin. And can I tell you, that's hard. That's hard. That song that says, uh, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, to leave the God I love. Yeah, I, I need to seek God not sin i need to fear god not men we need to love god not the world and we need to believe god and not the deceiver something is going to change daniel is going to be confronted with the problem you go ben what's the problem well, let me take you back to verse 5. I want to show you something. Now, you have King Nebuchadnezzar. And later on, we're going to change his name to King Never Can Remember because he's, going to be, he's not going to remember who God is and he's going, to, he's going to go eat some grass for a little while, but we'll get to that later. But this is King Nebuchadnezzar, and notice what he did in verse 5. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies. Do you guys remember last week what delicacies were? It was meat. It was it was man, this is good food. This is really great food. Okay? This is far better than anything you've ever had. I mean, he's saying, "I want to take care of them. I want to make sure they eat." And, I, and listen, it's far better for, it's going to be a lot easier for me to get them to conform if they're happy and well fed anybody see a thread going through that I'll leave that there right there with you and the king appointed them a daily provision. listen have all the wine eat, eat as much filet mignon as you want you want the fixins, butter and sour cream let's go put all the vet in there and this is what he said and he said okay so this is there's the problem This is their food for the next three years. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Room service, I'd like a, you know, whatever you want for breakfast. This is what, boom. Lunch, good food. Listen, let me just say this. This is not the dollar menu at certain places. You understand that. This is not the dollar menu. (laughs) You're like, I like the dollar. Never mind, that's not the point. Here's the point. This is their food, delicacies, for the next three years. This is their problem. And you go, well, Ben, why why is that a problem? Why Why is that a problem? Well, if you notice, being in a new country, given new names, new customs, new ideas, new lifestyles, new thinking, they're all Babylonian, they were taught a new language. Let me say this again. If you noticed, what's that? Being in a... New country and new land, 900 miles away. Being, they were given new names. Hey, you're no longer Adam, you're, and he gives a Babylonian name. Okay, that's, whatever, I'm still Adam. Hey, let me tell you some new ideas and some new customs. Here's how I want you to think. Um, Here's some, here's some, a new lifestyle. Let's, let's change your clothes. Let's put on some Babylonian clothes. Let's, let's make you feel the part. Is that a problem? It's not a problem. It's just close. You guys with me? How about a new language? Yeah, but I still know my language. You see, I still know Hebrew. You go, well, Ben, what's the problem? What's the problem? What's the problem for David and his friends? Listen, none of these things were directly against God's word they wouldn't change them see putting on new clothes or babylonian clothes putting on learning a new language it doesn't change who you are you see inside they were still hebrews but eating the food was different that's different how so well the problem is twofold number 1 Number one, the food provided did not meet the requirements of the Mosaic Law that was not prepared according to regulations and may have included meat from forbidden animals. Yeah, it was the king's delicacies, but he knew this was not, this was not like the Mosaic Law. This, was, this, was, this didn't meet the requirements. Right off the bat, I'm going to be, what's the D word? Defiled. I'm going to be defiled. Huh. Okay. The moment I said that, the big C came to mind. Compromise. Okay, it's not a big deal. It's just food. But now, reel that in into your life in 2022. Okay. Walking, learning, loving Jesus Christ in the word of God, making a commitment. Okay. The world comes and says, hey, why don't you... Whatever it might be. Whatever it might be. And then here comes the C. Oh, okay, I, that's not a big deal. That's not. I'm still a Christian. I can go do these things, and still I'm a Christian. Well, see, now our problem is, is that we hadn't purposed. We hadn't purposed yet. Number two problem with the food. Um... There was no complete prohibition in the matter of drinking wine in the law. But here the problem was that wine, here's what you guys need to understand, as well as the meat, had been dedicated to idols. Why? Because that was customary in Babylon. So all of a sudden, you're being taken because Israel was idolatrous. You're being taken and now you're coming to the most idolatrous place in the world and so you know, okay, Okay, okay. And you go, Ben, I have a question. Why? Why? Why isn't, why can't Daniel just, well, again, think about this, because he had already purposed, I can't do this. I can't do this. For Daniel to partake in the food and the wine would be the same as recognizing the idols of Babylon as gods let that sink in for daniel to go okay okay would be the same thing of going bowing down to the babylonian gods you can do it and I believe as Christians, we should be the same way. We should not be bowing down to the idols in this world. Yes. We shouldn't be bowing down to them. There's a lot of idols. It was, it was Timothy Keller who said, our hearts are idol factories that just seem to... And, and, and remember what idols are. Remember what idols are. They're good things that we make ultimate. Good things. Good things. Things that you want to go, oh, whatever it is. We can take good, 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 good things and we can make them ultimate and then they become idols. Here's a quick test. What's the one thing in your life right now that if it was taking away, you'd have a complete breakdown? The one thing. See, that's the idol. What's the one thing that you would just cry and you would just lament and you couldn't go to work and you couldn't breathe and whatever it might be? You go, it's my wife. It's my wife. It's my wife. Okay, so I've taken something very good and I've made it ultimate and I've got to be careful. It's my husband, it's my kids my money it's my golf game whatever it might be whatever it might be taking away that's an idol and so for Daniel to eat the food he would be going I'm bowing down it goes directly against everything that he had been taught so my question to us, church, tonight is what are the things that go directly against what we've been taught scripturally and we're still entertaining them. Cause I don't know about you, but Daniel might be like, Well, I can't eat, I can't eat, but I am just gonna I'm just gonna walk by. <sighs> yeah, that was good. That's probably a cow that was has that, that was an idol, but Yeah. Right? (laughs) Did you ever see see that meme when the guy, he would smell the cheeseburger and eat an apple? Right? He'd go, and then he'd chew an apple like if it was, like that was going to satisfy. That's, you know, that's a compromise. That's, Daniel is over here going, well, let's see, I'll have some celery, but I'm going to pretend it's a steak. No, no, no. You see, Daniel says, no, no, no. I don't even want to get near that. I don't even want to get near that. It's so close to sin, and I'd rather be back here. I'd rather be back here. Guys, Daniel could not partake in the word of God because he knew Exodus chapter 23 and 4. You go, what's that? Well, here it is, right? You know this. It's one of the, he says this, you shall have no other gods before me, You shall not make for yourself the carved image, any likeness or anything in heaven above that is in the earth beneath, that is in the water underneath the earth. What's he declaring? He's declaring, don't have any idols. Don't have any idols. You shall have no other gods before me. That phrase actually means face to face. You don't have another god face to face. So what did Daniel do? Guys, here's the key. You ready? Jot this down. Daniel purposed, there it is again, not to defile himself. Daniel purposed. Now, here's the takeaway. Here's the application. Purposed, the word purposed, is more than just a decision. It's more than just, I'm not going to drive by the buffet at all because I know I'm tempted. I'm not even going to go. No, no, no. It's more than just a decision. You see, it was laid upon his heart. And here's how a non-negotiable works. It's more than just a decision. Well, how so, pastor? The word purposed carries the idea of a decided resolution. No. Hey, you want to go out and party this weekend? No. Hey, you want to get you want to get messed up, man? We're just going to we're going to get No. This is my decided resolution. Hey, do you want to do you want to whatever it might be? No, it's no. Why? Because Daniel's character was already formed for following God before the test ever came to him. Again, the phrase purposed in his heart could be translated laid upon his heart. And so Daniel put himself under the full commitment to follow his heart to follow his heart. Church, my hope for you and I is that we would have that same same, same conviction that Daniel had. Oh sure we could we could sit here and go, I have a fancy Daniel, a fancy title for our study. Dare to be a Daniel, but it goes much deeper than that that we would purpose. You see, because it carries the idea of a decided uh, resolution already. That should be our heart. Okay, Lord. Okay, Lord, you've got me. You see, Daniel had already put himself under the full commitment to follow in his heart. I think of Ashpen's as... Ashpin says must have been impressed with the devotion of Daniel how so well many people make decisions every day but they rarely follow through you go give me an example well many people make a decision makes a decision to go to the gym right I'm going to go to the gym I'm going to get healthier but if it's not a commitment everybody say commitment. commitment then they probably may go once or twice gonna to go to, Did you go to the gym today? Yeah, I drove by. <laughs> I went. But a commitment to go to the gym, that's even harder. That's even harder. And sometimes, this is the key, sometimes it's the same with God. You see, people make decisions to follow Jesus, but they never really follow through with it they never really do and a non-negotiable walk with god is a commitment to risk everything that's a non I'm, I'm, this is it lord how do i how do i do that though how do i how do i feel like my non-negotiable my, i'm gonna risk everything can i tell you it's it's love I would exhort you to love Jesus so much that you're willing to risk everything for Him. That's love. That's love. Think about verse, well, let's read it again. But Daniel purposed, we know what that means, in his heart that he wouldn't defile himself. No, 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 I can't, I can't, Ben. I can't, I can't bow down to an idol. I can't do this and, and I don't want to defile myself with the, king's, the, the, the portion of the king's delicacies nor with the wine in which he drank. Therefore, he requested the chief of the eunuchs might, that he might not defile himself. Now, let me stop right there. Many people would stop and go, see, Daniel's a legalist right here. He's legalist. He he says he can't no no no. See, it was already commitment in his heart that he didn't want to bow down to an idol. He didn't want to bring that into his heart. And I think as believers, if we purpose we're gonna follow Jesus, we're gonna be fully devoted followers of Christ and we purpose that way before the problems of work and life come, guys, then we're gonna be solid. In our walks with God. And it's not going to be, well, you're a legalist. No, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. I can't tell you how many times people have asked my bride at work if she drinks. And she says, no. Oh, your religion doesn't let you? No, no, no. She goes, I love Jesus. And I know the effects of alcohol and what it does to a family. I mean, several, to- several times she's had to have that conversation. So what would you say? I would say that she purposed in her heart if she wasn't going to do that. Now, it may not be drinking for you. It might be something else. It might be food. Sometimes we have comfort food. And you know why they call it comfort food? Because it's pretty comfortable to eat that food. It's good stuff, man. But no, food has that same reaction that, that, that pills and alcohol and all this other... It makes you, it makes you check out for just a moment. So we've got to be careful, guys. We've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. So let's talk about defilement for just a moment. You see, for Daniel, it was food and wine. And later, we're going to see him appeal... This problem. But I want you to understand what it means to be defiled. Okay? The word here in the uh, Hebrew means to soil or desecrate, defile, pollute, or stain. That's what defile means. It's an interesting thing to look at this word, defile. To soil, desecrate, pollute, stain. And I found an interesting illustration. If you've ever flown on an airplane it's f- interesting when you can watch a winding path of a river if you've ever looked down you go oh look at that and it's really neat to see and you go oh, I don't understand well here's 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 the thing if you'll notice no two waterways are alike but they all have one thing in common have you ever noticed all the rivers are crooked You never fly and you go, oh, that was straight. They're always doing this. And you're looking down and you're seeing that, right? They're always crooked. And the reason is simple. Why? A river follows the path of least resistance. So they flow around anything that blocks their eroding work. River, listen, you can jot this down. This is good. Rivers are crooked because they take the easy way. If it comes up, it's just going to go around it. And so it's going to go, oh, nope, there's a rock there. Oh, there's a tree. Oh, and it's going to do all that, okay? Everybody's got a visual of a river in their mind. But here's what I want you to see. Christians can become crooked for the same reason. If we fail to overcome temptation or resist the devil, or tackle the enemy head-on, we deviate from the straight path that God would have us follow. So unlike Daniel, who purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself, we bend to the worldly pressures and compromise what we know is right. And so all of a sudden, oh, I'm going to compromise a little. Oh, and, and your walk looks like a river. When God's saying, I want you to go straight. If you'll purpose in your heart. I've got some good news too. Look at the next verse. Now, God brought Daniel into the favor of the goodwill in the chief of the eunuchs. Now, here's what I want you to see. Jot this down because this is some, for somebody tonight. I know it is. Notice that God was already working. Notice that God was already working. Why? Daniel goes, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't. Hey, did you see what they're bringing us to eat? Oh, no. And that's how we feel at times. But then verse 9 says, now God, everybody say, "Now now God, had already brought Daniel into favor. God was already working. Even before Daniel will appeal the problem, God had already brought favor to the chiefs Of the eunuchs. Now, here's what you need to see. God will never abandon us when we stand for him. Daniel entrusted himself to God and God came through. Through it was now doubt of stretching experience for Daniel and his friends. Well, what kind of favor? Well, here's what God did. God moved upon the authorities so they would regard Daniel with goodwill. But God also worked through the wise actions of Daniel to cultivate a good will. Listen, right now, wherever you're at, God is already working. But He wants you to purpose in your heart, and He wants you to meet Him the same way. It's already working. Can you imagine God when He's already worked out a great plan for your success, for your peace, for your joy? And your compromise takes it back a few steps. Oh, no, no, no. Mm, mm. Ben, 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 I, I had some great things for you. and Okay, let's, let's get over. And that's what I love about God. He doesn't just, he's like, but, but see, if Ben went to compromise, we, we'd be farther along. You see, because I really want him to learn the purpose in his life. I really, I really want that. But I'm already, I'm still going to stay working because I'm God. But, and then when, and then when we don't compromise and we stand strong, you and I go, Wow, did you see God work? (laughs) That was amazing! That was so cool! You see how they go hand in hand? So, what does Daniel do? Well, verse 10 And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king. Who has appointed your food and drink? for why should I see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. What is he saying? Let me give it to you in the Peterson paraphrase. "I'm afraid of what the master the king will do," he says. He is not the one who signed is he not the one who assigned this diet, and if he sees that you guys aren't healthy, I'm dead. That's basically what he said. I'm dead. Now, notice with me in verse 11. So Daniel said to the steward, whom the chief of the eunuchs had said, over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Look at verse 11 real quick. Who's, who, who does Daniel still employ? He still employs their Hebrew names. These guys are still Hebrew. They're not heathen. And he says this. Now, please test your servants for 10 days. And let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies. As you see fit, so deal with your servants. Now, there's a lot going on here. But I wonder, I just wonder if Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah knew what was going on. I wonder if they're like, whoa, whoa, Dan, hey, (laughs) Don't include us in that. You make your own Daniel diet. We're going to come eat over here. Are you kidding me? I wonder if they're like, okay, okay, yeah, well, (laughs) I guess. It doesn't say. But Daniel says, hey, by the way, me and my friends, guess what? Here's the plan. Now here's where we can apply this. You ready? There's some great things that will help us in our walk. Number one. Notice Daniel. Daniel appeals in humility. Daniel appeals in humility. Can you imagine? I mean, think about that. He is a humble servant of the Lord. And I want you to notice that he didn't rebel against his authority. Well, I have every right to tell my boss what I think. You see, that's exactly what the world is trying to do. It's trying to squeeze you into the in their mold and saying you have every right to tell your boss off. Who does he think he is? You have rights. No, we don't. We don't. Here's the thing. Daniel appeals in humility. Why? Here's why. Because when you go with your, you go against your authority and you, you start telling them, and you have a list of things, and if you're, you're going to quit and yada da da da, listen, the, everyone else is watching you. And they're saying, "Wait, is he a real Christian or not? Is she a real Christian or not? Well, what if you didn't get your way? Do you throw a fit? I'm not sure what Daniel would have done had God not intervened, but I don't think he would have thrown a fit if he didn't get what he asked for. I don't think Daniel would have thrown a a two-year-old tantrum on the floor. Ah, But I know this. Daniel appeals in humility. Can I say this to you? Those of you. Those of you who are married, those of you who are working, those of you who have bosses, you ready? That's your God-given authority. No, it's not. No, it is on earth. Right now, you come under their authority. You come under their authority in humility, in grace, in mercy. Now, if they start telling you that you have to do this that's contrary to the Word of God, now that takes it to a whole nother level. But right now, that's, the, that's your God-given authority. Do you see that there's something so reasonable about Daniel's approach? Why? Well, the one thing about a, maybe a temper tantrum or whatever, he could have done what? He could have gone on a hunger strike. Well, then I'm just not going to eat, and then, now, and then what? Can you imagine if he would have just started throwing over the banquet tables? And you know what he did? And we can learn from this, church. Listen, he made a polite request. He made it to the right person, and he said, put us to the test. Let us to the test. You see, that's the difference. The difference is you already know God is going before you. You already know God is going before you. Think about this Romans chapter 12, verse 16 says, Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate yourself with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Wait, what? Yeah, that's what God is calling us as Christians to do, guys, is to be humble. Don't don't set your mind on high things. Don't think you're better than somebody else. Don't look down on people. Associate with the humble. Wow. Number two. Number two. Not only was Daniel appeals in humility, here's what I want you to see. Daniel was a true leader. How so? Verse 12. But test your servants. For ten days. And let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Think about it. Daniel is speaking for all of them, not just himself. Daniel is speaking for Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Why? Because they were following his example. They were following his example. Listen. When we walk in the goodness of the Lord, people will follow. When we walk in the goodness of the Lord, when we're truly connected to Jesus, people will want to hang out with you, and they'll follow your lead. We see Daniel is a true leader. A true leader. That's important. No, Ben, what do I have to do? Well, think about it. Walk in humility. Walk in humility and be connected to Jesus be connected. Tell me tell me more. Tell me more about that. Wow, really? Cool. Cool. You know, I love being your pastor. I love when we get together and the church prays for me and and I love when I'll get a text or somebody will say, "Pastor, that was a was a great sermon or wow what an incredible teaching but over the years I've truly learned to be humble to walk in humility because I realize that it's not me I realize that what God does and what he's done throughout the last 19 years has been a breaking in a man who's trying to walk in humility you guys know me I'll be listening to In Christ Radio, and I'll be totally impressed with what the dude's saying on on the radio. I'll be like, that's good. And I won't remember any of it. Because I know it's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I know it's God's words that He's put out there. And the closer we walk with each other, church, we do need to walk in humility. And we need to walk in grace. And we need to have mercy and compassion for each other. That's what true leaders are. I've been told that our church has become so loving. You want to know the secret? I don't know. The secret is God. Because I didn't do anything different. I didn't do anything different. But you understand that through the years of teaching the Bible, that now you're starting to see that, wow. Nathalie and I will go home at night and we'll just revel in the fact that it's like, are you kidding me? That is so sweet. Love how you guys love on each other. And you lift up each other and you pray for each other. I love how how whoever's new here just, you know, they just loved on. But see, that's a work of the Lord. Because we've purposed, guys, to follow Jesus. We're letting the Word of God do what it's supposed to do in our hearts. I'm not saying it's without struggle, but we're letting the Word of God do. And when we blow it, we can run to Jesus and confess quickly, I blow it, I blow it, I'm sorry, Lord. Please forgive me. Well, Let's finish up verse 14. So he consented with them in this matter, and he tested them ten days. At the end of ten days, their features appeared better, fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. Thus, the steward took away the portion of the delicacies and the wine that they were to drink, and he gave them vegetables. Can you imagine? I think some folks are mad at Daniel. You, wait, whoa, whoa, where's the steak? What is this? Yeah, well, Daniel Daniel did... What? Oh, man, I was looking for you know steak and baked potato. Man, are you kidding me? Now we have his carrots. Man, but... It worked. It worked. It worked. And I guess the point is, is if it worked for Daniel, it can work for us. And so what do we have to do? Well, as we close, guys, as we close our Bible study, what do we have to do? First and foremost, we must purpose in our hearts. We are purposing to be fully devoted followers of Christ. We're not going to negotiate. We're not going to compromise. We're not going to dance close to the world. Okay, we're not going to pass by the donut shop three times if you have a donut problem. Okay, Lord, I'll just go by, but if I don't... Listen, if you want me to have a donut, I'll find a parking space. Okay, Lord, I'm going to go one more time. Okay, well, there's one! We don't do that, do we? And you know I'm using donuts as a metaphor for something that you shouldn't be doing. What does it mean to have a non-negotiable walk with God? You ready? It means we love Jesus more than we love life itself. It's been said, we don't follow Jesus because he makes life better. We follow Jesus because he's better than life. Father, we thank you tonight for your word and we thank you for the verses we covered. We thank you, Lord, that we can just take a moment, Lord, and and just let let that soak in. Lord Lord, there's two words that just really jump out at our text tonight. It's the word purpose and defile, Lord. I don't want to I don't want to defile myself, Lord. But Father, maybe we've come in tonight honestly and we're we're unclean. We're we're defiled. And so, Lord, as we sing this next song and the few minutes that we have, I pray that we would confess that to you. And maybe our prayer goes something like this. Lord Jesus, I have compromised my walk. And tonight I purpose not to do that again. Tonight I purpose to walk closer to you than ever before. I tonight surrender my heart to you, God. Father, I have, been, I have been playing religion and um, been hiding stuff from you. But tonight, I confess it all to you. And I would say, Father, I have blown it, and I'm sorry. Will you please forgive me and walk with me tonight? Lord, you're already working. That's why I'm here tonight. And so I choose today, Lord, to follow you forever. I'm yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you just spend some time worshiping? As the worship team leads us, would you just, just spend some time worshiping? Close your eyes. Just, just get do some work with God tonight and say, tonight's the night. Tonight's the night. If you've already done that, and I know some of you have, if you've already done that, just rejoice. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.